Hi, this is Christy Strauss, Editor-in-Chief of FilmandCreate.com. I recently attended a roundtable with the creator and stars of the Amazon original Utopia, which is premiering soon, and I did partake in this with several other journalists from different outlets, but I have assembled my questions with each of the different uh, actors and actresses, as well as the writer and creator Jillian Flynn. So. I hope you enjoy. This is my conversation with Jillian Flynn, the writer and creator of the series. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, big fan, and I can't wait to watch the finale because I really, really enjoyed it. That was a bummer. Um, but yeah, so my question is, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you were a fan of the K version. So I'm just wondering, you know, what was it about the show that, that made you feel like you wanted to create this sort of reimagining of that? Uh, you know, the show was so rich and I liked that as a writer, it had, a, it had a lot of things that I, that I'm always interested in, which is, you know, a, what things look like on the surface versus what they are underneath, how people treat each other in front of, of other people versus behind closed doors, um, you know, truth versus fiction and, and all the different fun twists that it afforded. And I liked also that it was different from mine enough in that it would challenge me that it was an ensemble piece. You know, my the stuff I write tends to be very psychological, very much between one or two people. You know, it's, it's told from a, an unreliable narrator, it's told a story between a husband and wife or a mother and daughter um, within a household often. Um, whereas this, you know, is um, I would get to, take on lots of different characters, different points of view, and that it was really about sort of where we're at, you know, in the world right now as, as a society, that it, it afforded that ability to kind of look at, at where we are as, as in humanity. So, so to me, it was that it was a really good combination of being close enough to what I love doing and, uh, but enough to push me a little bit too. Thank you. So since this is something that had been kind of in development for so long, I believe you said since like 2013, and I know that there's been changes in, you know, maybe directing and casting, um, how much of those changes had an impact as far as the story? Like, did it evolve and change over that time due to that process? Um, you know, it, it was, it was hard when it wasn't going to work with uh for fincher and i to do it you know that's how i'd originally gotten pulled into it um he was the one who introduced me to it and i really kind of wrote it the very first drafts for him you know for him to direct so i got to know his him what he was going to chime to during the making of gone girl and you know we had all these great conversations he was he was just he was so important um and it it was hard when that that ultimately fell uh fell apart um and then it was you know it was me kind of rewriting and and figuring out um dropping it was a really expensive show I mean that's why it fell apart in the first place um so dropping some episodes to make it more makeable you know because it's basically like an expensive road picture in a way and they're burning stuff down and they're you know there's not there's not sets you retreat it's not cheers let's put it that way um, where you're returning to a bar just every episode. Um, and so, you know, it was, it would, it ultimately went from 10 episodes to eight episodes. And, but 
um, and I guess once once I cast it for Amazon, you know, one of the joys was just getting to kind of tweak, uh, you know, tweak uh, according to each actor's strengths, um, seeing who had, you know, great comic timings, you know, seeing who could, you know, cry on cue in a believable way, so, you know, see, figuring all these different actors' strengths and then, you know, just tweaking here and there. It wasn't a big thing, but that, that was one of the joys of being in Gone Girl. Uh, also, it was being in rehearsals for, you know, weeks at a time and getting to to hone it to the actors who ultimately played those characters. Um, and that was one of the benefits of, you know, being the showrunner as I was there all the way through and could kind of play play as we went along. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me. And this is the questions I had for Rain Wilson, who plays Michael Stearns. Hi, this is Christy Strauss with filmandcrew.com. Hi, Rain, how are you? Hi, Christy. Uh, it's great to meet you. Um, love, love the show and obviously can't wait for the finale. So I was just wondering, you have a, obviously a very um, incredible comedic presence, and this is a show that deals with some very heavy, dark things. How important, and, and your character does provide levity at different times, how important do you think it is to kind of maintain that balance with a story like this to that kind of humor and, and drama? Well, one thing I know about myself as an actor is that I can read comedic and this is where my tendency goes. So in a way, like my challenge is to like play it straight and then it's going to be funny because I'm just kind of funny and, and weird and, uh, and that's okay. But I think of Dr. Michael Stearns as a pretty dramatic role and, uh, you know, I took it seriously. He's been hospitalized. Um, there he's, uh, he know he has an inside knowledge about a virus that is killing hundreds and, um, you know, lives are on the line. The stakes are very high. But one of the things I loved about Utopia is how um, the uh, the tone shifts so wildly. Um, it can be outrageously funny and then really dark and then uh, science fiction and then conspiracy and then really dramatic, you know, scenes with people with tears in their eyes. And um, I love that Gillian Flynn has brought that dynamic to the show. Me too. Thank you. Yeah, so um, Rain, when you're looking for a new role and you're getting different scripts, is there something in particular that you look for? Like, are you looking to be challenged? Yeah, so I uh, started out in the theater uh, for 10 years before I did any TV and film. And the theater is all about roles. You know, it's just about like, what's the story? What's the role? It could be Shakespeare, it could be a farce, it could be a kitchen sink drama. And then I started doing TV and film. Sometimes I was a villain. Sometimes it was a romance. Sometimes it was a uh, slapstick. Sometimes it was drama. Um, I've played lots of different kinds of roles. So I'm just intrigued by roles I haven't done before, colors I haven't explored before as an actor, kind of trying to stretch myself. And, um, and I, I love that about Dr. Michael Stearns about going from, uh, from this nobody to this kind of strange hero, you know, um, in the arc of his journey. So, Rain, when you were reading the script, did you feel that there were any personal aspects of the character that you could relate to? Yeah, sure. There's a lot of Rain Wilson and Michael Stern. You know, I was a pretty nerdy guy and 
you know, I could have very en easily ended up as like a basement scientist in suburban Seattle somewhere. And, um, you know, uh, I struggled with low self-esteem before I've suffered from mental illness issues before. And, uh, you know, um, I've gone on some outrageous journeys as well. So, but I also think it's really important that he's a scientist and we're in a, living in a day and age where science is really disrespected and viewed as kind of a liberal conspiracy. And um, uh, so we need to honor science and scientists, especially around this pandemic and around climate change. And that is something that was really important to, uh, to portray as well. Absolutely. Thank you. And these are my questions for, for Sasha Lane, who plays Jessica Hyde, and Javon Wanna-Walton, who plays Grant. Hi, guys. This is Christy Strauss from Film Inquiry. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really, really enjoyed the show. So my question is for Sasha. The character of Jessica Hyde is such a powerhouse, such a dynamic role. So I'm just wondering if you could talk about how you kind of got into the, the mindset and, and in playing that character. I definitely felt as strongly for Jessica Hyde in a way that was, I appreciated this kind of feral cat energy about her and I admired it and I loved it, but I also appreciated and wanted to really put the energy out there that she's still human. So there is, as much as I want you to fear her, I also want you to feel for her. And, you know, it might take a second, which I understand, but it's going to be there. And I think that's what something is so cool about playing a character that you can't quite tell is the hero or the villain. And, you know, there's something that you're kind of like, I admire it. I understand. I get it. Survival mode. She did what she had to do. But then you start to pay attention to, you know, wait, maybe this girl actually feels something even though she's suppressing it or I can't quite get past how cold she can be, but I'm starting to maybe understand her a little more. And so I just constantly wanted to keep both energies in the same person. Cause I think that's actually very human um, and, and very important to her and her story and, you know, all of it. So. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so for uh, Javon or Juana, um, I don't know what she prefer. Um, what was your, Juana, <laughs> uh, what was your favorite part of the experience? My favorite part of the experience, um, probably the first day I got there. It was like, it was like all just coming together. So I remember it was like raining and it was super cold outside. And it was right before I was shooting the scene. There was like a crowd of people out there, like um, background and then the trains going and then trailer, like it was like, it was like all there. And when they called action, I was like, man, it's like all coming together. like. How amazing is this? Thank you. Yeah, so um, this is for, for both of you. I'm just wondering, you know, from kind of like script to screen, did you collaborate at all um, on your character? Did it change at all from how it was written originally? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you have to shape it to your own. So, you know, it's written a certain way. You're definitely going to keep that way that it was written. But you also want to shape it and make it your own. I Yeah, I think it's you. Obviously, there's a script and, you know, the writer's are working extremely hard and there's respect there. But I think as you start to take it on yourself, there's a difference between writing it and being in that world for so long and then actually projecting it. So, you know, there's like little moments where you're like, 
okay, but I'm really in this mind now. And I think as we're going in this, maybe this, you know, but it's, it's minor tweaks because you're both really in the world, but there always comes a difference where, you know, people are going to take over how they're going to take over if you go into the role. So yeah. Thank you both so much. It was great chatting. And these are my questions for Desmond Borges, who plays Wilson Wilson, as well as Jessica Roth, who plays Samantha, and Corey Michael Smith, who plays Thomas Christie. Hi, I'm Christy Strauss with filminquiry.com. How's everyone doing? Great, thank you. Um, excellent work in the show. Thank you for taking the time to talk. Um, so, you know, all three of you are very different characters, uh, complex and kind of different trajectories. But I'm just wondering, when you first read the script, what was your first impression, whether it be character or just the story in general? Um, my first impression, uh, I just loved the world so much. Um, and, and frankly, particularly not even the world that, that Thomas is involved in. Um, I was really invested in reading it in the future of this world and how it unfolds. Um, sort of, it's, it's way more topical than we even anticipated, but it's so topical in, in many ways. And I just felt that what Gillian had sort of expounded upon that, that David Kelly did and, and how she drafted it and built it was just really, really thrilling. Um, and so I, I was, I was really pulled in by this, the, the world of the piece in general. I think I was really captivated by how there is no good guy, there is no bad guy, and how complex and layered and yet simple this story was. It's, it's a treasure hunt. It's, it's a girl looking for her father, and yet there are such high stakes, and I loved how how Gillian really allows these characters to carry the weight of the world and she doesn't shy away from it um and how wild and unhinged things get um I'm really drawn to things like that like I really love dystopian literature I love 1984 I love Brave New World and there are seeds of that in here that it's a society very close to our own, but slightly different. And I think that when audiences are presented with things like that, you, you get to examine and look at kind of the darkest places within yourself and your society in a slightly altered, slightly heightened world. Um, and I think Gillian did that so incredibly brilliantly. Yeah, um, I, I was immediately attracted to the complexity of how flawed each and every individual seems to be, regardless if you're at the top of your game or a nerd who's um, only feels confident being behind a screen or a small kid who's tricking everybody to think that he's uh, a grown man, uh, you know, photographing supermodels and driving a Corvette. And, uh, and the, the, the journey for all of them to Try to struggle with who they are and personal identity within this world. Um, I, I think that's just as dangerous as any of the violence that's going on. Because once you find out who you are and the extremes you're willing to go through to go to to get what you want, um, that's when that that's when humans kind of um, I don't know go into 
a mode that can be be truly scary and not necessarily uh, comforting or um, community related um, ultimately. And I think we see all of them take that individual path. And then in the end, um, it's, it's very telling. Um, I'll just put it that way. Once episode eight comes around, it's pretty telling who they are all individually. Thank you. Terrific answers. Thank you. And these are my questions for Ashley Lathrop, who plays Becky, and Dan Bird, who plays Ian. Hi, this is Christy. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, thanks for taking the time today. So, you know, this is obviously a pretty heavy show, a lot of dark themes, um, but you guys have kind of, a, you know, one of the lighter narratives and the fact that you're the only romance which is um, lovely and you have great chemistry. And I'm just wondering both of you, you know, what it was like developing that relationship. Hard, hard. struggle. Sure. Um, <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. Dan and I have a natural chemistry and kind of an ease uh, that we sort of had from day one. You know, it was a little bit bizarre because we never got to do a chemistry read together. So we sort of showed up on day one, never having met and, at the table read, they were like, yeah, let's see you guys be in love. And we were like, oh, cool. Yep, we'll make that uh, we'll make that happen. Um, but we were really lucky in that sort of everyone, actually everyone in the group brings out the best in each other, you know? So we, we kind of balance each other's energies and personalities in a really, really great way so that we do just naturally sort of vibe together. Um, and then I think that's translating on, on screen, hopefully. Yeah, the on-screen dynamic uh, definitely started to mimic our off and inform in a lot of ways our off-screen dynamic, you know, because I think we all wanted to sort of like indulge this group dynamic as much as possible uh, in hopes that that would translate on screen and just make the show stronger. Um, that and we were all in a city that you know we were all displaced we were in a city that we didn't live in we didn't have our normal um support systems around us so we had to kind of rely on each other and that just helped forge the bond that much quicker and um you know i i think hopefully that you can tell watching the show that um you know that that chemistry is real and uh, that this is a group kind of like us that, you know, the only thing that's holding us together is this show. I mean, Ash, I've said this before, Ashley took it personally, but- I really I, did. I really did. I'm so offended. I don't know why I'm saying it again. I don't either. I gave you so much crap for it last time you said it. But you know, in a way it's like, the, there. it's conceivable that the four of us wouldn't have been brought together if it weren't for this show, just like it's very conceivable before them wouldn't be brought together if it weren't for Utopia. But um, I will also say that we are, maybe not Dan, maybe Dan feels differently, I don't know. But I would say that we are also, because of this show, I think friends, you know, we've got a group chat going on. There's a whole wedding that just happened with one of us that we were supposed to go to and couldn't, so. Right, well, and it's just like the characters because of Utopia, they're friends. Yeah. yeah. And then beautiful things can blossom out of that, like Becky and Ian's dynamic. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Back to Christy, please. What was that? That was a good answer? Yeah, I said, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> 
All, all great answers. She won that round. I'll get a next round. Come on. <laughs> Not a competition, Dan. <laughs> Thank you for making me want to watch episode eight even more, guys. Um, <laughs> so I'm just wondering when you read your characters and was there anything that you personally felt that you connected to or related to? I think for me, I, you know, I relate to Becky's desire to live her life to the fullest and to the best of her ability. I think that's something that she really, really wants to do with the time that she has. You know, she is always searching for a cure, but until that cure comes, she's going to live, she's not going to let anything stop her from living and from loving and from caring about other people. And I definitely relate to that aspect of like wanting to live a life that is full and that I can say like, I have done something with my life instead of just hanging out, sitting around doing nothing and not having made a difference to people's lives on a large or small scale. So I definitely relate to that aspect of her. Yeah. Um... Yeah, there's 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 a lot of parallels uh, between Dan and Ian. One, there's only one letter difference in their name. Uh, <laughs> we do have different style, thank God. Um, Ian could really <laughs> use a wardrobe re-up. Um, but uh, yeah, I think a big part of this process for me was just kind of getting out of my own way and sort of. Um, sort of introducing as much of myself into this character as possible. Um, you know, I think Gillian's a really smart person um, with a really defined vision and hired us all because she thought we embodied these characters naturally. And, you know, as an actor, you're really tempted to, to you know, get sort of caught up in the nuance and the bells and whistles of things. And like, well, this guy has to be like this or like, this is how he's different than me. and. And I have done that before, but for this, uh, I was really, the goal was to just sort of imbue Ian with as much of myself as possible. Um, so hopefully that translates. And, um, you know, obviously our circumstances are way different, um, but persona wise and just our overall sensibilities are pretty on par with each other. Awesome. Thank you. And this is my conversation with John Cusack, who plays Dr. Kevin Christie. Uh, um, this is Christy Strauss. I'm with filmandcrew.com. How are you doing, John? Good. Nice. Uh, you got nice things behind you. I don't know if all of those mugs are. Oh, I've got all kinds of stuff. I actually even have Lloyd Dobler, which wasn't planned. Oh, um, I see that back there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, this is a very complex character um, and you've played a lot of, you know, amazing roles in the past. So what was your initial kind of uh, thought when you read about read this character like what was your first impression well when I having the benefit of, of reading all all of them at once I thought it was like you know it was I don't want to it's hard to talk about it without giving too much of it away you know I don't mean to be evasive with the questions just you sort of want the audience to experience it without knowing anything about it but um, he's kind of a Titan of big tech and big pharma and an owner of a great part of the world's wealth and um, a absolute crusader for a green livable future. But there's also an element of sort of a, you know, you go down the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland with him, you know, he's kind of like a Willy Wonka meets, you know, a Ted talk in the apocalypse. 
Right. And that's what was appealing. That's what I was wondering. Doesn't that sound appealing to you? <laughs> it's definitely appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, it's, uh, you know, the weirder the better. Awesome. Turn or at least that's the hope anyway. Hope Thanks. people enjoy it that way. Okay, so I, I know it's tough to talk about the character, and I know you mentioned uh, the weirder the better. You've been in the industry for a long time. I'm just wondering, is there something in particular that you look for um, when you're reading scripts or you know looking at characters, something in particular? A pulse. <laughs> you're looking just for a pulse. Um, so just something you feel is like good or new or, or uh, you know something that's really good. And uh, this was an easy one because it was a. Uh, you get a call from Gillian Flynn and she's going to remake the British show Utopia. And, you know, she's not just redoing what was already done, but she's adding this whole new element to it. Um, so that was, you know, um, so I had very high expectations. Um, and then I got the script and I read it all in one set, one sitting. Uh, so it was a real page turner. And usually if you, if you read, if, if you're reading like that and you can't figure out what's going to happen next and you're sh shocked as you read once, once you get the whole film or the series put together, uh, you know, I have high hopes for it. You know, you, you have high hopes for it. But uh, um, yeah, I just, it's, this was this was just an easy one. Just excellent writing, wild world, great characters, kind of frightening, dystopic, um, fantastic, uh, absurd, weird. You know, it's just, it's got all those things. It's got all these sort of delicious contradictions. Awesome, thank you. Can't wait for the finale too, by the way. Yeah, and whatever you think you knew up to that, and the, when you see the last episode, everything gets tur turned on its head. Thank you for speaking with me today. Thank you for your time. And that concludes the roundtable. Thank you for listening, and thank you everybody who participated.